I wanted to talk to you for the next three weeks about the power. Okay, this, was, this is my unofficial title. The power of Advent. It's not just a Catholic holiday. But that didn't make it, so it's just the power of Advent. It's not. When, I don't know about you, but when I hear Advent, I think Catholic, Presbyterian, you know, religious. But really, there is, a, there is a, um, an amazing practice that we find during Advent that is super powerful uh, uh, during this time of year in the Christian calendar. So let me, let's just first define what Advent means. It means the arrival of a notable person, thing, or event. Coming, waiting, expecting. I would say a pretty notable person has already come, and his name's Jesus, amen? But really what we didn't realize is, is not only was there a notable person, but there was a notable event in the life of, of, of the children of Israel that they waited and waited for the Messiah and waited and waited. And some of them are still waiting because they didn't realize it's Jesus. But the whole bottom line is, is that Jesus was not just a notable person. He, he fulfilled God's event. And there was over, I don't know, I think it was over 600 promises that he had to fulfill to be the Messiah. And one after the other, he fulfilled Every single one. And now because of Jesus coming, now because that Jesus is here, you and I have the uh, uh, privilege and the ability to call ourselves sons and daughters of the Most High God. And I think that is just so awesome and just such, such an important thing for us to remember. The practice of Advent is participating in the ancient expectancy of the Messiah and ardently expecting him again. So let's just look at that for a minute. We are waiting for God to meet a need. How many of you have ever had a need met by God before? Now just look around you, look at all the people in the room. Almost everybody in this room has had a need met by God. Now what our job is, is to ardently expect him to meet the need again. I don't know why this is. Do you, I, maybe you guys don't have this. and Maybe I'm the only one in the room, but so be it. But for me, I don't know why when a need comes and a need arises, why I even take a moment's notice to worry about it, to concern myself about it, to think about it. Because the bottom line is, is God has done some amazing things for Jennifer and I and met some amazing great needs that we've had over here, over the years. I don't know why we would ever doubt that he'll do it again. Am I just the only one or is that you too? Sometimes we get in the same place that we just, you know, we're fretting about a bill. We're fretting about a relationship. We're fretting about a physical thing with our bodies that the doctor said, you've got this and we're fretting about it. How many of you have ever been healed by God's power in your physical body before? Look at the hands around you. This is unbelievable. Put your hands down. Why would we not believe that he'd do it for us again? But that's the challenge. And the power of Advent is just, it's a way to recalibrate ourselves. The Christian calendar year starts in December, okay? So the idea is, is kind of like a holy reboot for believers. 
that we would be we we would be actively looking for and expecting Jesus in the following areas: hope, love, joy, and peace. And we're going to touch on hope today, but hope, love, joy, and peace. Just like in the Old Testament, that before Jesus had actually come, let's check this out. There was four hundred years of silence by the prophets before Jesus came. Four hundred years. I don't know about you, but I have not waited 400 years. But God, sure enough, as he said in his word that he would do it, Jesus came. But there was 400 years where it didn't seem like God was speaking. Have you guys ever had a need that you're trying to talk to God about and you feel like he's saying absolutely nothing? I'm putting up hands and both feet if I could. Because sometimes it's just like, I don't know what it is, God. I mean, you're just saying nothing to me. And there's usually a reason for it. A, if he told us what was going to happen, we'd probably mess it up. That could be. I mean, that's definitely possible. Or B, he's told us already, and we just want to hear him say something new. When we should just hold on to the word that he gave us. Right? Whatever, God, whatever word God gives you, hold on to that. Don't, don't count it like a million times you're going to have those words. When you get a word from God, grab onto it and hold onto it for dear life and trust him that he's going to do what he said he would do. Some of us have been waiting for years now on unseemingly unanswered prayer requests. You know, um, I have an aunt. Um, she's my, my dad's sister and she, uh, Auntie Camille, I, 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 we make fun of her in several ways. Uh, she always she has these hands that weigh like 98 pounds a piece. Because I've been slapped by those hands before, and I'm telling you, it feels like a brick hitting you across the face. And my aunt, she's just hilarious. She's so great, and she's so blunt. You never have to wonder what Auntie Camille's thinking. You know, I mean, you come in, and you know, and she, my, my cousins would bring unsaved friends home and she'd sit them right down at the table and ask them, well, why haven't you accepted Jesus yet? And they'd just look at her and kind of like not know what to say and then she'd just start to preach to them. That was Auntie Camille. Great woman of faith, still is. Um, she believed for her son to be free from the addiction of alcohol and drugs for 33 years. She never gave up and now her son has been free and clean for I don't know what dad going on six years now yeah six years her son has been totally serves Jesus doesn't do drugs is completely clean of alcohol and everything else and just doing so well I mean he looked like death warmed over my cousin I'm um, thinking he's eight years older than me uh, and, but he looked like he was 20 years older than me now he looks great again. Got color back in his face. He actually has purpose. Um, and she waited for 30. And I asked her, Aunt, how did, you, how did you believe for 33 years? She said, what is there to quit to? She said, there's no quitting. She said, I believe God and trust God until he brings it to pass. No doubt. She said, and I refuse to speak against my hope. Because everybody in the family would speak against her hope. He's a bum. Yeah, right. okay, you're going to be waiting for him forever. You're going to die waiting for him to turn. No, she just kept on believing. There's a power that's available to us when we believe that God's going to come again and meet our needs again for whatever it is you're believing for. And you may have been believing for it 
all of your married life, all of your physical life. I don't know. But God wants to minister to you on your behalf. He wants to bring those things. And Advent is a way that we recalibrate, we reboot, and remember the hope, love, joy, and peace that Jesus brings because we believe in him and him alone. One of the things that we uh, make an effort to remember again is God's faithfulness. I want to say that to you again. God's faithfulness. The Lord is faithful and he does meet and, and supply every one of those things that he's promised us that he would. We can trust him to do that. The Bible tells us in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13, if we are faithless, do not believe and are untrue to him, he remains true, faithful to his word and his righteous character, for he cannot deny himself. God sees himself so intertwined with you that he will not deny himself in order to deny you. He's so intertwined in you. You and him, there's no beginning and ending of where he starts and where you finish. You're just one. And he cannot deny himself. Even when we're faithless, God remains faithful. Man, I am so thankful for that. How many of you have ever just kind of gone on the uh, I'm faithless side? Yeah. <laughs> right? I think all of us have. We've all gotten discouraged and all just quit or all just decided that, you know, well, I'm just not going to, you know, grab onto that for right now. But we need to remember God's faithfulness. We need to remember his never-ending desire to give us the kingdom of God, to give us the things that make for the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is simply this, God's way of doing things. God's way of doing things. Luke 12, 32 says this, do not fear, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure, desire, benefit to give you the kingdom. God is not withholding from you. I want to say that again. God is not withholding from you. He's doing everything he can at every moment in your life to bless you and get his goodness over to you. We must believe that. We must grab hold of that. We must recalibrate and reboot on the inside and know that God is not the withholder of good things, but he's the giver of good things. Got to remember again, and this is an important one, his grace. Oh my goodness, where would any of us be without the grace of God? And that is his unmerited favor. I have a right right now, no matter what type of week I've had or whatever I've done, I have the right to stand before my heavenly father and say, thank you for what you've done for me and thank you for forgiveness. And I ask you and trust you to bring ABC into my life. Thank you, Father, for doing that for me in Jesus' name, amen. I have the right to do that no matter what I've done this week or matter how much of a rascal I've been, I have the right. Why? Because his grace gives us the favor with the Father that we need because we believe in Jesus. Not because of what you've done or your good works. Well, if I just be really good this week, then maybe God will bring it to me. Your good works don't, like we said last week, your good works don't mean squat. God does not care. Does that mean we shouldn't do good works? Of course not. But the reason and the motivation behind doing good works is because we love Jesus, not because we're trying to earn something with him. I just want to say that again. You do not have to earn your way with God. 
Because you know what? You can't. Your greatest works, your most wonderful things that you've done are just like filthy rags before the Father. We put our faith in Jesus' good works and what he did. And I'm so thankful that he, he was perfect in every way. Ephesians 2, 8, 4 through 8 says this, but God so rich is he in his mercy because of in order to satisfy the great and wonderful and intense love with which he loved us, even when we were dead and slain by our own shortcomings and trespasses, he made us alive together in fellowship and in union with Christ. He gave us the very life of Christ himself, the same new life with which he quickened him for. For it is by grace, his favor and mercy, say this with me, which you did not deserve, that you are saved, delivered from judgment, and made partakers of Christ's salvation. You don't deserve God's grace. That's the great news. Jesus deserves Jesus deserves it all for what he did. And my faith is completely and solely and totally in Jesus. Remember we talked about the way that we repent now. We don't grovel. We don't beg God. We don't have to feel bad about ourselves for a full day because then we did our three Hail Marys and our four, you know, whatevers. I'm not a Catholic person, so I don't know what that is, but I'm sure, you know, there's the Hail Marys and the Our Fathers and... And, and, and say glory bees. I guess I'm taking Sharon's word for it. But we don't have to do that because what Jesus did was enough and I can come to the Father and say, Lord, I really messed up, but I thank you that you've already forgiven me for everything that I've done and I've received that forgiveness in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Grace, his favor and mercy, which you didn't deserve. I want to read a scripture out of John chapter 1. 16 and 17, it says, for out of his fullness, his abundance, we have all received and all had a share and we're all supplied with one grace after another and spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing, even favor upon favor and gift heaped upon gift. For while the law was given through Moses, grace, unearned, undeserved favor and spiritual blessing and truth came through Jesus Christ. As long as we have that connection to Jesus, it's all downhill from there. Everything we could possibly want or need is found in Christ Jesus. The biggest challenge is, is combating those religious things that we've heard our whole lives or our own inner dialogue. You moron, how could you have done that again? I, you're, you're such an idiot. What were you thinking? You should feel small. You should feel humiliated. You should feel like a total jerk. What's wrong with you? You got to beat up that inner voice. No, no, I'm not going to yield to that inner voice because the Bible says that I am the righteousness of God through, here's the big thing, through Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus. So that's been given to us. Verse six of, of Ephesians two, uh, four through eight. And he raised us up together with him and made us sit down together, giving us joint seating with him and the heavenly sphere by virtue of our being in Christ Jesus, the Messiah, the anointed. That's the divine advantage, guys. We now sit, we're seated at the Father's right hand with Jesus. Some of you are just going tilt, tilt. No, that doesn't work. I don't deserve that. No, you don't. But here's the good news. He's giving it to you anyway. We are now seated with Christ Jesus. All the wisdom that we would need to find the money for a building is given to you in Jesus' name. God is so good. 
By the way, just so you know, we are looking at a building. More to come. We'll let you know how that goes down the road. Um, I just want you guys to feel, uh, some people would say, oh, you should never tell them that until it's the real thing. I want you guys to feel a part of our journey. I want you to feel a part of this journey. I want you to feel like you've had a part in it and just continue to pray that God would show us and he'd give us the favor that we need. But um, Jesus is working. Uh, And he raised us up together with him. I read that. Verse seven, he did this that he might clearly demonstrate through the ages to come the immeasurable, limitless, surpassing riches of his free grace, his unmerited favor, and his kindness and goodness of heart toward us in Christ Jesus. This is why he wanted to establish with you forever that his heart is toward you now and forever. God's heart is toward you now and forever, no matter what you've done this week. Oh man, Pastor John, I slipped this week and an F-bomb came out of my mouth. <gasps> Boy, you better go say six Hail Marys and four Our Fathers and, and, and maybe eight Glory Bees. That's the way they let it. No, no. You messed up, you slipped up, you're human. Jesus already knew that. He's already forgiven that. And some of you are already going, I, you know, this is just too greasy grace for me. I think that our problem is condemnation. Our big challenge is just condemnation. We live in this perpetual condemned state. I mean, no wonder why God can't get anything over to us. We don't think we deserve it. But just realize you deserve it because of who Jesus is. Period and end of statement. For it is by free grace, God's unmerited favor, that you are saved, delivered from judgment, and made partakers of Christ's salvation through your faith. And this salvation is not of yourselves, of your own doing. It came not through your own striving, but it is the gift of God. Okay, let's look at hope with just a couple minutes that we have left. These scriptures alone are enough to ignite our understanding that God not only answers prayer, but longs to be good to us. More than ever, we could want... Uh, more than we ever could want what we're asking for. He longs to give it to us. Think about that for a minute. All right, I I don't even want to bring it up, but since it's in all the tabloids, look what Lori Laughlin did to try to help her kids, how now it's messing her up, right? Some of you are like, who's Lori Laughlin? Well, if you don't know, then just keep going. But she did some things where she's, got a good chance of going to jail because she tried to do something about her getting her kids in, and bribing people to get her kids into college. Man, that's just, that's just wow. But, but that's the length that she went to because she loves her kids. I, I, I mean, I'm not saying it's okay what she did, but I get it. I don't know if her kids are dumb as rocks or, or she's just <laughs> not sure what the deal is, but... Whatever it is, it was a mother's heart trying to do something good for a child. And I'm not, again, I'm not saying that's okay, but I get it. How much more in comparison, if we are evil in comparison to God, how much more does your heavenly father want to give you the things of the kingdom of God? Hope, First, uh, First Peter 1.13, hope. So brace up your minds, be sober, circumspect, morally alert, set your hope holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y, and unchangeably on the grace to find favor that is coming to you when Jesus Christ the Messiah is revealed. When we understand God's grace, it brings us hope. If you're like, man, I just have no hope, then start meditating on the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
it will in itself be a, uh, be a catalyst to erupting hope on the inside of you. Hope to the point where you're not sad anymore. Hope to the point where you're looking for it. Hope to the point that you really believe you're going to make it. You need supernatural hope and grace will bring that. Well, I don't want to hope because I don't want to, I can't take the disappointment. That could be you today. Well, I got good news. Roman 5, 5 says this in the NLT. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Hope will never disappoint us. True hope, God's hope, real hope will never disappoint us. So you don't have to be worried about, I don't want to get my hopes up. How many of you have ever said that before? I don't want to get my hopes up. You know, or I don't, you know, I'm, I'm looking for this to happen, but I don't want to get my hopes up. Well, if you're trying to hope in yourself, I agree, don't get your hopes up. But if you're trying to hope in God, get your hopes up. Get your hopes up. I don't know if God's going to do this. I, I just want to say this to you because I said this to my men's groups on uh, Thursday night. Our, our small groups are just coming to an end. Um, they went f- wonderful. Um, it was great. But we, I had, I don't know, maybe 15 guys at my house, our two groups came together and I told them, if God has put something in your heart to start a new business, to start a new something, and you're thinking, I'm too old or I'm too far ingrained in this or I'm too in this, put those things aside and just dare to dream and go for it. I'm telling you, you're, just, you're not too old. It's not too late. You know, it's, well, I can't do that now. No, God wants, I mean, okay, for me, I can't try out for American Idol anymore, okay? <laughs> Got to be 30 and younger to try out for American Idol. I can't do that, right? But the whole point is, is that God put a dream in Jennifer and I's heart to go start a church, go back to your hometown and start a church. I got to be honest with you, that was terrifying. Terrifying. And not, not just because of the, I mean, the ministry part I knew I could do, I felt good about that, but all the legal stuff and all the, you know, making sure nobody falls through the cracks, and I'm sure we've had people fall through the cracks, but we try so hard not to. But to do that, we took a chance, but we filled our hearts first with hope to the point where we knew we couldn't fail and we went for it. And you all showed up. So God is good. God is good. Romans 15, 13, and I'll end on this scripture. May the God of your hope so fill you with all joy and peace in believing through the experience of your faith that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound and be overflowing, bubbling over with hope. The word believe there actually means think to be true, to believe, implying trust. Trust, faith, believe to the extent of complete trust. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Now you're thinking to yourself, okay, I'm going to go for it, but I'm going to leave myself a little bit of parachute over here just in case. You don't need a parachute when you're guaranteed not to fall. You don't need a parachute. Now, am I saying, you know, well, don't, like they say you're supposed to have three to six months worth of income in the bank just in case for a rainy day. How many people are able to do that? Some people are, but a lot of people are just not. 
okay? I'm, and I'm not advocating that you shouldn't. If you can, do it. That's wisdom. Absolutely do it. But if you can't, don't sweat it. God's not going to let you fall. He won't let you fall. He won't let you crash. He won't let you burn. He will take you through, and I, I promise you that. God fills us with his overflowing hope when we believe. We know Romans 10, 17 says that faith comes by hearing. And again, we're looking for that experience with Jesus to change us. We're looking for an experience. I want to encourage you guys, and I've said this time and time again. It's because I mean it time and time again. I believe that the Christian life should be made up of continual, ongoing experiences with God. You should be, I mean, it's not enough that when you first got saved, you felt the warm oil or whatever come over you and you just felt how much God loved you and it's 28 years later and you haven't felt it since. We shouldn't be like that. We should be having an ongoing, warm feeling, Jesus was here. We should be having them happen along and again and again because those experiences is what actually makes up this ability to believe and to hope when there's no reason to believe or hope. The sum total of those experiences causes us and makes us what we are to be. So if you've blown it, if you've had some things, gosh, I wish I would have done that different, don't be sorry for it. Those things are actually what make you make up who you are today. And if you've learned from them and you've grown from them, it makes you who you are today and it gives you more wisdom, it gives you more insight but seek after God to see what he wants and what he'll do for you. And I believe that God will move on your behalf. Amen? Amen. 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 Why don't you just bow your heads and close your eyes. We'll pray together and then I'll let you go tonight. Father, I just thank you first of all for the person of Jesus Christ and the grace that he gives to us. And we thank you right now, Lord. I just pray that your love and your your hope would just so fill every single person here and even those who aren't here that are maybe at home or family members who couldn't make it tonight. I just pray in Jesus' name that right where they're at, you'll fill them with faith, fill them with hope, fill them with the love of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that each and every family here, they're overcomers. I thank you that grace and favor surrounds them in such a way that they have grace and favor with every single person that they come in contact with and they meet. And I thank you for all your goodness, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. God bless you. There, uh, there might still be some coffee. I don't know if there's cookies. Stick around. If you haven't said hi to me, please do because I want to grab you before you go. God bless you guys. Have an awesome week.